from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, hanging out with you here on the airwaves on internet radio. And we love internet radio because it goes straight to your phone, straight to your desktop, your laptop, iPad, iPod, everything. Anything that has the internet, we get to you. So whatever you got rolling around in your purse, in your pocket, bringing with you, got a meeting, hanging out on the plane, whatever it may be, we have you covered. And we thank you so much for being a part of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. If you haven't become a member, it's easy to do so. Go to mixlr.com backslash DT and become a member today. It is free, it's easy, it takes a few seconds, and members get two awesome things. They get to chat with me in the live chat room during the show, and they get emailed every single time the show goes live. So you'll never miss a show again. You'll have an easy, easy link to listen. You just open up your email and listen into the show. It's as simple as that. When you become a member on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, all you have to do is open up your email when you get emailed by the show, and it says click to listen to Wake Up Call, and you click to listen. Simple as that. So thank you to all my members and for everybody that connects with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. we got a lot to go through today, a lot going on, so let's get started with the morning menu, and then we're hopping right into our first interview of the day. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, proud to bring you today's morning menu. We're going to start off the show with Rashad Wisdom. Rashad Wisdom 2000 and 19 athlete who has found his way to the team that he feels is best for him, best for what he wants to do. He's he's in the state of Texas playing at Judson and has decided to commit to UTSA, the University of Texas, San Antonio. His story today, though, I want you to listen through it. If you're not the University of Texas, San Antonio, and you're not a fan of the University of Texas, San Antonio, I still want you to listen to this entire story because this story is a very, very amazing story. And it is a story about recruiting. It's a story about being smart. It's a story about going after your grades, getting your grades up, taking care of the classroom, thinking about your future. This kid, Rashad Wisdom, had offers from Columbia, Boston College, Cornell, Louisiana Lafayette, New Mexico, North Texas, Rice, Texas State, Tulane, Virginia, Yale, and Syracuse, and ultimately chose UTSA. And his story, once again, if you're not a UTSA fan, if you don't 
you know, if you're upset that he didn't go to Syracuse or not going to North Texas or not going to Virginia or not going to Tulane, I want you to hear this story before anything else, before who you're a fan of, before what team is a team you wear on your chest, you have to hear the story of why Rashad chose what he chose and his words to you about going through the recruiting process, doing things for yourself and not for anybody else, and making sure that you make the decision that is your heart's desire. We'll take a quick step aside. We'll come back with Rashad Wisdom in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City. Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and to have Rashad Wisdom on the show for the first time ever here. Rashad Wisdom, 2019 incoming recruit for college football and has verbally committed to UTSA, which is Texas San Antonio, has told them that that is where he would like to spend his time in college the next three to five years. He is an athlete, plays different positions from safety to running back from Converse, Texas, going to Judson. And we're going to bring him on the show here to speak on his commitment to the Roadrunners, as well as the other schools that had offered him. Rashad, first and foremost, how are you doing today? I'm good, Dan. Thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. And and Rashad, you know, I know that you're down in Texas, obviously, you know, going through school and whatnot. So being at Judson, did this, you know, kind of make it an easy connection to UTSA? I mean, bring me into how much being at home or staying close to home had to do with your decision. Yeah, for sure. You know, because I've been I've been living here pretty much my whole life. I was born in New York, but I moved down to Texas uh, six weeks after that. So I'm pretty much from here, you know, I just love the city of San Antonio. I, you know, pretty much know, like, the ins and outs of it, and I pretty much have, like, a bunch of family down here and friends, so it was pretty easy to decide that I want to come to UTSA. And you said you were born in New York, but you came down to Texas shortly after that. So, obviously, you know, you don't remember that. But the connection to New York, did did that hold any weight for you with schools like Cornell and Syracuse? Uh, yeah, I did a little bit because I, I still have family up there as well. So, you know, I, either either way it went, I would have family wherever I wanted to go play at. But, you know, just living in San Antonio and being in Texas, you know, it's just, that's just what I'm used to. And I'm not used to, like, the weather up there and the north and stuff. I'm more acclimated to the south type of environment. So, so the weather played a factor in this decision? Um, not as much as um, – all the other things, but, you know, just being comfortable and playing in the weather I'm in now is kind of what did it for me. And when you look at, you know, obviously the experience that you have down in Texas, I mean, you know, they say that in the South it is God, family, football. You know, those are the, the three focuses, or if you want to say the three Fs, faith, faith, family, football. 
go into that a little bit deeper. Is that the order? Is it faith number one, then family, then football? Does it feel like sometimes football is higher than that? Just describe what, what it's like down in the South. You know, that pretty much is how it is. Cause, you know, ain't nothing's possible without God, for sure. So that's definitely going to be number one. Um, you know, family is really uh, a big thing down here, too. And then, you know, football is really big down here. There's a bunch of stadiums. There's some towns that shut down the whole city uh, just for a high school game on Friday. So it's really it's a big part of what we do down here. And when you have that, you know, like you said, and you can't do anything without God, just, you know, what's the experience like, you know, if you have gone in other places around the country, you know, you know, just how ingrained football is to the South and just how it's, it's a part of daily life. I mean, there's 365 days in the year. And as far as I know, none of those days are spent not playing or thinking about football in the South. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much how it is, you know, because for us, football is year-round pretty much for us because, you know, during the fall we'll have the season and then come off-season for us, we only have really three days off and that's just turning equipment and getting that turned in. Then we go right to work uh, with off-season and we have boot camp and then, you know, just from – and then we have summer workouts and stuff too and that's what we're in right now. So it doesn't stop out here. It's just a constant grind day in and day out. and You know, it just, just doesn't stop. There's no breaks really. And, you know, speaking here with Rashad Wisdom, uh, UTSA commit, when we look at, you know, this connection that you have to to Texas and the connection down there, and like you said, there really is no stop for you. Do you love it? Do you wish you had a, more of a, a break? Are you just used to it by now? I mean, it seems like you said, you know, you, you turn in your equipment and before you know it, you're back to boot camp and doing your thing. So do you like that atmosphere when it comes to football, that there really is no time in between? Honestly, I think if you want to be successful successful down here, which is level play, you have to love it because you have to be willing to grind. You have to be willing to go, you know, 6 a.m. workouts. Just, you have to be able to do it, like, just want to be able to do it because with this level of competition down here, if you don't, if you, there's going to be people with the same skill set as you, but if you don't work as hard as – if you don't work harder than them, then you're going to get beat out for whatever uh, spot there is open. And you have this opportunity with the University of Texas, San Antonio, that you felt like was going to be right for you. And so I want to take a, a look at why that is for you. Just what you could say about the the connection that you have to Texas, San Antonio, and why they made that the right fit for you at this point. Um, really, I like the opportunities that I'm going to be able to get over here. You know, Fred Coach Wilson, he, he's the man for real. And, you know, with his resume and players that he's recruited and stuff, I mean, so he's offered me for a reason. He's seen something that that the other 12 schools seen too. And But the opportunity down here that I have is what really did it for me because I'm going to be able to come in and possibly uh, start as a freshman. And then I'm going to be able to graduate with my bachelor's in three years and then just the connection, the lifelong connection I'm going to have after it's all done. So that's really what it is, what, it, what, did, for, what did it for me over here. So you got it with the, the lifelong connections and, and – you know, just the opportunities that you would have and the opportunity to play right away. You know, also the fact, I mean, you're at Judson High School and the University of Texas San Antonio is about 30 to 40 minutes away, depending on what you're driving on, if you're on uh, the Texas 1604 loop or if you take 
410 or, or I-10. So uh, how much did that play into it, that you're only 30 or 40 minutes away from the high school that you're at right now? That's, that's what did it, too, because, you know, my family going to be able to come over. Uh, my family will be able to come and see me play and stuff, too. So, you know, just being able to be close to home and stuff. And then if I ever want to go home, I can just shoot right down the road, and I'm going to be right over there, too. I want to run through the offers that you did get. Rashad Wisdom, a safety and a running back playing at Judson High School and uh, and obviously down in Texas at Converse, Texas, and just about 30 to 40 minutes away from where he will be playing that he's verbally committed to, the University of Texas, San Antonio. To look at some of these other offers that you had, they included Texas State, North Texas, Tulane, Yale, Boston College, Louisiana Lafayette, Cornell, Columbia, New Mexico, Virginia, and Syracuse. Which one of those schools was hardest to say no to? Um, really, it was Texas State and Rice. You know, I had built a great connection with both the staff over there at both the schools. Um, it was just really hard telling them how, you know, because my decision came sooner than expected, and that's what I had told them too. But, you know, it was just really hard telling them that I was committed and I was pretty firm on my decision that I wouldn't be, you know, going to uh, switch or flip or anything. And, uh, and and Rice, you did mention here, that was on my list, and, and pardon me for not mentioning that, you said that the toughest ones were Texas State and Rice. Why Texas State and Rice? I know you went into it a little bit there, but to go a little bit deeper of that entire list of offers, why were those two so special? Just like I said, just me building a relationship I had with those two staff and you know they're really they're really good to me. They were always they're always constant with uh, recruiting me. They recruited me hard. They're just just like UTSA, but you know just like I said earlier, just the opportunities I have here and what I can do later on in life with coming here just really what did it for me over them. And so you know it's no uh, it's not they did nothing bad like they weren't bad to me or anything. Like I love them and stuff, but you know it just that's really what what it is. And, you know, obviously on the, uh, you know, as far as playing both sides of the ball, safety and running back, there's also some film out there of you being on special teams as a return man. What do you see yourself doing at Texas San Antonio? What have the coaches said as far as where they want you on the field? Uh, I'll be at safety either. I'll probably be the deep third safety, and I'll also be turning uh, kicks, uh, kickoff that punch. So, I'll be able to do a little little bit of everything here. And what do you think about that opportunity to still be a part of, you know, the offensive feel of it, so to speak, with the opportunity to score the ball, being on the return team, and then being on the defensive side at safety? Just what it means to you to have the ball in your hands on one side and then have the opportunity to take the ball out of somebody's hands on the other side? Well, just playing defense, you know, it's always going to be fun taking the ball away from them. And then I think that's what – the best aspect of playing defense is once you get it, once you get it, then you become the offense. So you're pretty much playing both sides on one, just one side. And then playing, then returning kicks isn't for everybody. So just being able to do that and being able to do it on the next level is just going to be fun for me because, you know, being able to be back there, you have you automatically get a chance to make plays. So I'm just really ready to see how that works out and can't wait to do it. Hey, Rashad, you would – Spoken about the fact uh, of the opportunity really did it for you at University of Texas San Antonio. What have they told you about your opportunity and, and what you have potentially right away if you take care of business? Um, 
as long as I do what I'm supposed to do, I should I should be able to come in and play as a freshman. And, you know, just like I said, just I'll be able to graduate in three years with my bachelor's and start working towards my MBA. And then, you know, just the connections I'll be able to have. And, you know, when we look at these offers that you had, and, and you said you want to finish your bachelor's in three years, you know, typically they're finished in four, and you want to start working from there on increasing your education. You had offers from Columbia, Cornell, and, you know, schools like that, schools like Yale. Just what you could say about, you know, your work in the classroom, because these are some big-time offers and big-time opportunities for you when it comes to the education side of it as well. Yes, sir. You know, education is a big, big thing for me because uh, after it's all said and done, football is not going to last forever. You know, have, you got to have a plan for afterwards. So having that education is a big, big thing for me. So after, after football is all said and done, I'll have that background. I'll have something to do because not every, everybody, a lot of people go into it just head on without just thinking like after football, you really have to, you really have a life like afterwards. So I'm just, that's why education is a big part for me and being able to get my bachelor's early and start working for my math. My MBA is a big part of it too because I'll be able to do a lot more with, with that. And just to speak on the importance of that and, and just, you know, how education has been with you throughout your life. I mean, it, you don't just get offers from Cornell and, and from Yale and Columbia. That doesn't just happen. I mean, on the football side, they obviously see your talents, but it's very hard to get in there academically. So just what made you hone in on, you know, doing right in the classroom and focusing on that? You know, some people use sports as a way to kind of hide what they've been doing in the classroom or to be their other way out. But in your case, you know, it sounds like you've been very strong in the classroom for a long time. Yes, sir, I have been. And, you know, just I, I was interested in the Ivy League, you know, Probably the most, uh, I was the most out of the Ivy League offers I had. I was probably most interested in Yale, but the only thing that was holding me back from them was um, they don't give out, they don't give full athletic scholarships. So I would have had to come out of pocket um, some for them. So and my big biggest thing was that I didn't want to have to come out of pocket in anything. So that's pro- that's really what held me back from going Ivy League. And when we when you look at your education side of it and. You look at how there's there's so much focus, like we were talking about, on you know playing your sport and playing it well and training and and doing everything you got to do to be good on the field or good on the court. For you to be good in the classroom, who instilled that in you? Who around you made sure that you were focusing in on that and and that you weren't just known for being a good football player, but that you were known as a good all around student athlete? Um, really, my parents. You know, they've been on me. Since I was young, since I since I started school, they always told me that I need to get good grades. You know, stay stay focused in the classroom and not to slack off and stuff. And you know, I I just did it. You know, just being who I was and just listening to them. But as I got older, I started realizing like you know you really have to pay attention to the class and get a good education so you can have a plan for later on in life. Speaking here with Rashad Wisdom, who is verbally committed incoming recruiting class of 2019 for the University of Texas, San Antonio. You said the hardest ones to say no to were Texas State and Rice, but to look at some of these other schools, what did you think about You know, some of the schools that 
we're going to uh, take you to that northeast and when it comes to Boston College as well as Cornell and Syracuse did you build any relationships with any of those teams or were you not as close with them yeah um Boston College is probably my biggest one out there for me because I have one of my cousins actually play on the team right now my other one his brother is committed to uh, them as well so I was really uh, considering them too but it just a couple things happened with that, and I wasn't going to be able to come, go up there and visit. So, you know, I'm, I wasn't going to commit to a school I had never seen before and stuff. So I just had to keep on with my uh, process and make my decision. And what happened in that process when you said some things didn't work out? What didn't work out as far as getting you up there to see the school? Uh, I wanted to take an official up there, but, you know, they would they wanted me to wait till December. I wanted to make my decision earlier than that, so... I just couldn't. I couldn't wait till the summer to take an official over there. And so you have, uh, you know, your connection with them. What was the connection like with Syracuse? Did you have much of a conversation with them, or, or not really? No, sir. Just the day that they offered me. That's really the only time I talked to them. And other than that, I never heard from them. And, and then, as far as Virginia inside of the ACC as well, what could you say about? Your connection with them, did you feel like they had reached out after offering you, or was that like Syracuse? It was just like Syracuse, pretty much. It just, they offered me, and I ain't hear from them after that. So the did, did Texas San Antonio, throughout this whole process, did they continue to show you the love? Did, did you feel like they were always there? Yes, sir, uh, I do. When they had first offered me, I didn't hear from them for about a month or so, but that's just because the staff had changed their, you know, just getting everybody in. But after that, you know, they started, they showed me love. They're consistent through the whole process. And when you look at Texas, San Antonio, I mean, you had these offers inside of the Power Five. What made you choose, you know, what what made you go against that? Because, you know, we hear so much that, you know, people feel that, that, that they're brought forward toward the Power Five and, you know, that recruiting against the Power Five is so difficult. But Texas San Antonio is not within the Power Five. So, you know, did it really matter to you about being in a Power Five? Was that something that was hard to go against? Or bring me into that a little bit. No, it really wasn't that hard. Because for me, I feel like playing here would give me the best opportunity to get to where I want to be uh, later on in life. You know, Power Five, power five is cool. And stuff, but it really, that's not really big to me. And what can you say about Conference USA? How much do you know about the conference that you're going to be in and the talent that's in that conference? Um, I don't know a whole lot about it right now, but so, but yeah, I, I can't really talk on it because I don't really know too much on it. So before I let you go here, Rashad, you know, as you move forward and you know that you made this commitment and you've made it early for 2019 for coming in, and you said that. You know, where you stand right now is you feel like you're going to end up being a road runner, and this is what's going to happen. I want to, you know, take a look at the advice that you would have for somebody going through the recruiting process. What would you tell other people, men and women out there, young men, young women, that are trying to find the right place? You know, it could be any sport, could be anything, but what, what can you tell them about being a student as well as an athlete and what they should know when they're being recruited? Um, I would tell them don't follow to follow your heart. Don't go off of don't go off of uh, names and conferences and 
all these things that they're showing you and like all the, you know, like uniforms, for instance. Don't go off of all of that. Go off of what you'll, the best opportunity you have for you and what the, what the most you can get out of it. So like, just because, like you were saying earlier, P5, don't just go to a school because they're P5 and stuff and you know that sounds good. Go go to a school that you know you'll benefit off of later on in life and do, do uh, good things that and, you know, education-wise, with you getting, you know, Ivy League looks and opportunities there, what can you say about the education that you feel like you're going to get at Texas San Antonio? Well, with my, with my, um, well, I'm a major in will be more with, like, computers and stuff, and they have, at UTSA, they have the number one um, cybersecurity program in, in the country, so just go, that too, when you're picking, this, when you're picking where you want to go, figure out what, what you want to major in and find out like how they how they are in that program you know and obviously you know not reinventing the wheel telling people things that they should know but unfortunately like you said you know people get caught up in is it a p5 school what do the jerseys look like you know how how nice is everything you know inside of the arena and do they like the practice facility and whatnot so there's obviously more to it than that. Uh, I, Rashad, before I let you go, I want to go to your last name. Just bring me into having a last name meaning wisdom and, and how much weight's on your shoulders for that. Because obviously, you know, if, if you're not sharing wisdom out there, people can call you out pretty pretty easily. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, just wisdom to me is just like knowledge. So, and through this whole thing, I feel like I've had a lot of it with it. I had made a made a wise decision on coming coming here and being uh you know committed here and coming here uh, in the fall. And what can you say? You know, what type of wisdom can you impart on on those listening in now? What type of wisdom did you learn? Give give us some seeds of wisdom that you've taken away so far. Um, I would say just just take just realize all the little things that's going on, like. Realize who who's recruiting you, um, what they have to offer for you. If is it going to be close to home? Where where are you going to be at? Um, you know, just just taking the the notice the little things. Don't go off the big things like like we said before, like the uniforms, the stadium, the hospitality, and all that. Go off who's who's talking to you, who's interested in you, how much they're talking to you. Just the little things of the whole recruiting process that not a lot of people we'll talk about and lastly for you Rashad just what you can say about a mission statement for yourself not just as a football player but in in the entirety of the person that you are on and off the field in and out of the classroom if I asked you who Rashad wisdom is what would you say um I'll tell you that I'm I'm a kid that's New York born Texas football raised and I have a lot a lot in store and where I'm just getting started that coming from Rashad Wisdom, trying to impart some wisdom on those of you listening in, and I feel like in a big way stating a lot of things about don't let the jerseys fool you, don't let the bright lights and the big colors fool you and the big names and you know who's gone there and what this and what that, but go to the place that has your major, that has what you want to study, that has a good education, that's going to help set you up for the rest of your life, that's going to challenge you, that that you can get out on the field or the court or whatever you want to do for, but to to look for the whole package 
and to read between the lines and know that when everybody tells you they love you, it doesn't mean that everybody loves you. So Rashad, I think for a young man that's still, you know, got some time before he steps into college, I think that you've learned a, a lot. You got a lot of wisdom for a young man, and, and I appreciate you imparting that on the listeners today. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you a lot. And I look forward to keeping in touch and having you back. Take care, and I'll talk with you soon. Yes, sir, for sure. All right. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DreisigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell him your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. 
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. Always an honor and a privilege to do this segment with you every Thursday right around 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and that is Coaching with, with Class featuring Katie Kalinske. Very, very happy to have Katie on the show. Seven years under Jim Bayheim with the Syracuse Orange men's basketball staff a wealth of knowledge for the women's and men's game basketball is basketball we talk about this all the time and today on draft day folks the first day of summer the summer solstice june 21st is also draft day this year and we get to talk with katie on the day itself so katie how you doing today i'm good how are you doing i'm doing well and and so draft day bring me into this are, are you excited is the is there you know something that you're looking forward to most about the day? What what's kind of your draft day feels right now? <laughs> well, it's weird because normally I'll be watching the draft and I'll know at least you know one of the Syracuse guys. So normally I'm watching it because I can't wait to see where one of our guys is going to get drafted to. So this year is a little different because it's the first year we don't really have we don't have anyone even eligible for the draft. So it'll be a different feel because normally you know you want to see you know, your friends or the people you work with uh, reach their dreams. So this year, you know, I had no expectations going into it. I just get to kind of enjoy it and watch it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I would imagine, and I said this to you off the air, that this is, like, probably one of the best draft days in recent history for Syracuse fans because they're not going to lose anybody. <laughs> yeah, no one has to worry about, you know, where Tyus is going to go. Everyone can feel comfortable tonight knowing our whole team from a Sweet 16 will be back next year. So I feel like Syracuse fans are feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is you know, no matter what happens, no matter who you're a fan of in the NBA, if you don't like the NBA, whatever it may be, you know one thing as a Syracuse Orange men's basketball fan. Tyus Battle's coming back. Nobody, I mean, outside of Matthew Moyer who left, but Moyer didn't play a lot of minutes, every single player is coming back. The starting five are coming back. And and Katie, around the country, 351 Division I men's basketball schools, very few of those big-time programs can say that they return a starting five that's completely intact. I know, and this is, I feel like it seems unheard of even for Syracuse to say this, so... Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, we were a really, really, really young team, and everyone knew we were going to be a young team to start the season. So I guess when you don't have one senior on your team, you can at least think a little bit. You could have some guys back, but to have everyone back, I've, I haven't heard of that in a long time for a Syracuse team. We were actually talking about that. When was the last time a Syracuse, a Syracuse team ever returned their starting five? I don't know if they ever have. I had to look into the, you know, go back into a lot of the records to see that. Yeah, you know, it's definitely been a long time since things have transformed from one season, or kind of are carried over, I should say, from one season to the next as this team is working forward. So it's funny how last year this was a forgotten squad before the season even started. It was a disrespected squad pretty much the whole way through. And to get to where they've gotten to and to do what they did to get to the Sweet 16 and for you to be a part of that run, I just find it hilarious how this was a team that people wrote off before they even played a game, and now that they're all returning, it's a team that people are expecting a lot out of. So it's just funny what a year makes 
from this team's going nowhere to, oh my God, they're, they're one of the most seasoned vet teams that's out there. They know what it takes to get there. So is it funny to you to read some of the crazy stories out there that said Syracuse is a bunch of nobodies and now it's, wow, this Syracuse team might make a run. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes you just have to have patience. Uh, you just have to wait everything out and see because you just really never know what teams and you never know what people are capable of doing. And, you know, you're gonna, and you're never going to be perfect during the season. You're going to have some bad games and, you know, you're going to have some things that don't go your way. But, you know, that's why it's such a long season. And, you know, I do, I do read this stuff. It's funny, but, you know, everyone's always going to have, and I always say this, everyone's going to have their own opinion on, you know, teams, and, you know, that's what fans do. Fans talk, fans, you know, fans want the best out of their team. So, you know, Syracuse fans are just so passionate, and that's why, you know, they are Syracuse fans because they love their Syracuse basketball so much. So I, I love our fans because, you know, they're passionate, and, you know, they expect a lot out of the team. So it's good to have high expectations. Yeah, you know, speaking here with Katie Kalinske, coaching with class segment for you every Thursday morning inside the first hour of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So the draft is on, though. There are people that are going to go in this draft. So I'm going to ask you a question about the Phoenix Suns. If you were Phoenix tonight, do you take DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, Marvin Bagley III, or Mo Bamba? I think, you know, the, it's, hard, it's hard to say because I, I like all three. I'm actually a big Marvin Bagley fan. Okay. So, I'm I'm more of a Marvin Bagley fan over DeAndre Ayton, but you know DeAndre Ayton was a double double machine all year. I don't know why I'm just not a big fan of DeAndre Ayton. Uh, you know they say he has like one of the biggest upsides in the draft. You know he was a double double machine. Um, so you know everyone thinks he's like the clear number one. You know, and then even Bamba, he's even the last three months he's improved so much through his workouts, through his jump shot. You know he's probably the best three point shooter out of the big men. Uh, him. Or Wendell Carter can shoot it too. So I don't know. You know, it's interesting because you just never know how these guys are going to pan out. <laughs> so, you know, DeAndre, he was a double double machine. So I think they're going to go with him. Uh, but I don't think you can go wrong with either one. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think it's interesting, you know, to see just kind of who's up there right now and, and knowing. And as you spoke about, you know, you're you're a fan of. Marvin Bagley the third and I had the opportunity to be around Marvin he played for Duke I got to interview him and spend some time with him so it's it to me it's interesting that Jaron Jackson Jr. from Michigan State he was here on wake-up call Marvin Bagley was on wake-up call there's a bunch of these guys that were on the show so you know Jerome Robinson and and so on and so forth so for me I do have a bunch of you know dogs in the race so to speak that I can cheer for and and just kind of sit back and watch and appreciate this, but you know, to, to speak on the fact that the teams are ever changing and it's really hard to return a starting five. Did you ever think that Duke was going to be the team that has a bunch of talent and then just unloads it and starts over like a Kentucky? They got a bunch of guys that are leaving for the NBA draft and will get drafted a bunch of them in the first round. Yeah, they just, you know, they, they changed their, um, team dynamic completely when they started going after the one and dones, you know, and it did win them a championship. So it's just, you know, a Duke and then they're just going to reload again. But it's interesting because, you know, even like Kentucky, Kentucky is doing the same formula right now. And, you know, Duke is pretty much going to have, you know, a starting five of freshmen next year again. So, you know, obviously they're going to get drafted because 
before they even went to Duke, they're already projected next year to go top ten. A lot of those guys. So it's just interesting to see like what formula is going to be the best. Like, do you want you know are these freshmen that are you know supposed to go top ten in the draft are they going to lead you to a championship or far in the tournament when they don't have that experience or you know a team like Nevada or Syracuse to have all these players coming back or Villanova who has a lot of guys coming back. You know what what is going to be the formula because Kentucky kind of has. You know, they didn't lose all their guys, and they have a ton of guys coming in, too. So Kentucky kind of, now they kind of had, you know, halfway, half of their guys decided to go, half decided to stay. So, you know, they still have, like, quad A green there and stuff. So it's just it's interesting to see how everyone kind of dynamics are so different in college basketball. And then Kentucky just got the um, a transfer in, too. Uh, he was, like, the leading scorer, where he was averaging, like, 19 points a game at Stanford last year. So... You know, now they do have a veteran guy on that team. So, it's just everyone's different. You know, Duke is going to be very, very, very young next year. So, it's great that they're getting all these guys drafted this year. But next year, they're definitely going to be very young. Yeah, you know, and that's the funny thing about it is that the Duke, you know, there there are coaches that you didn't expect or anticipate that are kind of changing up a little bit here and, and going with the Kentucky formula, which means that you better hope you win a championship because you're going to lose a bunch of that after the fact. Who are some of your dark horses, your sleepers? When you're watching the NBA draft tonight, are is there a guy or two that kind of stick out to you as, as somebody that maybe people should watch that they're not? I really like Gilgis Alexander from Kentucky. I think he, 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 yeah, I think he has great upside. You know, he's just strong, he's big, he's athletic, and he really came on at the end of the season. So I think the sky's the limit for him. Uh, I think Alani Walker, you know, he's athletic, big shooting guard. He can shoot the ball as good as anyone. He can make plays off the dribble. I think Lonnie from Miami, uh, Miami could be really good. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys in the I think it's just such a deep draft. You know, like, I remember a couple of, a couple of years ago when the Lakers drafted Julius Randle at, like, seven or nine. You know, that was, like, the best player they could take available. If you look at the draft this year, you can go to pick – you can go to pick um, nine. You can get a Colin Sexton, and I think I think Sexton's great. I think he's going to be a great pro. Um, you can go eight to a Wendell Carter. So even if you aren't in the top five picks, which normally if you aren't in the f- top five picks, it's kind of like you don't. You can go either way. You can get a great player at 11, 12, 13. Like Gilgis Alexander is projected to go thirteen in the draft, and I think he's going to be remarkable. Miles Bridges, you could get at like a 14-15. Alani Walker in the 15-20 range. I think this draft is just so deep. It's unbelievable. Even like a DaVincio from Villanova, he's going to be a top 20 pick, and I think he's going to be a good player. So it's just how – I just can't believe how deep this draft is. Yeah, you know, and seeing the fact that there's talent all over the place, like you said, at the bottom of some of these mock drafts, you know, Dante DiVincenzo from Villanova – you know, they, some some mock drafts have him going to the Boston Celtics with the 27th pick. DeAndre Melton from USC going to the Golden State Warriors, making the rich richer at 28. You know, just across the board here, we Jalen Brunson from Villanova going late to the Pacers in, in some of these mock drafts. Josh Akogi, who I spent some time speaking with from Georgia Tech, Atlanta Hawks with the 19th pick potentially. So, the deeper you go in this thing, you mentioned Lonnie Walker, the fourth, who's coming out of Miami, Colin Sexton, Alabama, Mikael Bridges from Villanova, Miles Bridges from Michigan State, Michael Porter Jr., people are hoping to have some upside. This this draft has a lot to offer, and there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of talent coming into this thing, 
And, and what I find interesting is that there's a lot of international players that have kind of stolen up some spots from the thousands of players that are eligible every single year that are in the States. And this time around in the mock drafts, there's only a few spots being given to guys from overseas and the overwhelming majority staying in-house. What do you think about the dynamic of the fact that overseas players in the last few seasons have really kind of gobbled up the draft, so to speak, and, and stolen away some spots? Yeah, and I think just this year is just so different because there's just so many guys that are coming from college that are just good this year. And, you know, next year, if you look at the mock draft for next year already, it's so it's weak, a lot weaker than it is right now. So I think it just has a lot to do with, uh, with the guys this year that are coming out of, the, out of college that are just, you know, like I said, you can't go wrong. Like in what you just said, you can't go wrong, pick 1 through 30. And I think you're going to have some of these guys in the second round that are going to you know, kind of surprise people a little bit in uh, making a name for themselves for themselves in the league. So I think just it just has more to do with these college guys that are so good this year, uh, more so than like the overseas players. Because you know the things with the overseas players, you just really don't know. And sometimes, uh, you know, you'll draft an overseas guy, and then you don't even get rights to them for one to two years, or you know, you let them play overseas for a year, and then they come over. So I think a lot of these guys from college are you know NBA ready. So yeah, yeah. You, overseas, you really just don't know. You have no idea how ready they are. So, yeah, I mean, there's guys that you know are are in the mock drafts as being in the top 13. You know, being in the lottery, a guy like Jerome Robinson, who played at Boston College, put the team on his back while he was there. I mean, I, I find it interesting that teams are really high on him. I think it's great for him. You don't really hear that a lot with BC. And then, I mean. Like you said, you go through this draft, you're going to find talent in the second round. Trayvon Duvall, who chose not to come to Syracuse and went to Duke instead, they got him in the in the second round of this thing. Shake Milton from SMU, and and, and those of you that know, uh, some, uh, when we look at the fact of the Boston Celtics and the fact that they've taken chances on the American Athletic Conference and they've taken a chance on SMU as well. So SMU sending some talent. Raymond Spaulding, who spent some time on the show, a junior coming out of Louisville. They got him going to the Utah Jazz in the second round in some of these mock drafts. So there's talent all throughout this. But speak with me on the background, speaking here with Katie Kalinske, of where is LeBron going? So how much does that play into this thing? Well, I think, you know, for LeBron... Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Cleveland actually offers him yeah. and what, you know, what Cleveland says they're going to do, you know, moving forward. Because obviously Cleveland needs to make some decisions and obviously they need to, you know, they do have the eighth pick in the draft. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they use that pick, if they tell LeBron or, you know, if LeBron has a lot to do with who they pick. Because you could get a guy ready to come off the bench or maybe in play good minutes with the eighth pick in the draft this year. So, you know, they might be able to get someone right away that could help, or maybe they decide that, you know, they're going to trade that player away and they might bring in another, you know, another big-name player. So it'll just be interesting to see what they're pitching to LeBron and how much, you know, he thinks Cleveland can get better uh, from last year to this year. And, you know, there's a lot of pieces on that team that are even getting older, you know, even like a J.R. Smith who didn't really show up in the playoffs. So it'll just be interesting to see what their plan is with a lot of these guys because, they pretty much made half their team in the halfway through the season last year anyway. So it was, you know, they didn't have a lot of time together to begin with. And they just threw all these guys together thinking that they could win a championship with it. So 
it'll be interesting, you know, to see what their pitch is and to see, you know, where LeBron, you know, does LeBron think he can go win a championship right away? Does LeBron think that, you know, he's just worried about his life after basketball? You know, it'll be, we'll, we'll see what happens because I don't think LeBron's going to go to L.A. without another guy coming with him. But I don't see why LeBron can't get Paul George to come with him wherever he goes. Well, roll with me on this, Katie. Philadelphia has five draft picks. Five. So Philadelphia is the owners of 76ers are the keepers of the 10th pick, which is in the first round. They are also the keepers of the 26th pick in the first round. And they have the 38th pick, the 56th, and the 60th, the final pick. And those are all in the second round. So they could make this deal and say, you know what? Cleveland, we can make this thing happen for you and kind of, I mean, LeBron's going to choose where, Le, where LeBron wants to go, but there, there is this crazy opportunity of, you know, what if Philadelphia decided to make some things happen, give Cleveland a little bit of the future and then bring on LeBron, how they can make, I mean, LeBron's going to choose where he wants to go. So this isn't a Kawhi Leonard where you have to really shop it and put things on the table, but you know, it's, it's funny how Philadelphia is, is set up. Because Cleveland needs the future. Cleveland needs the picks. If they're going to lose LeBron, they need the help. But Philadelphia 76ers, rich getting richer, they have like 27 picks every year. And they could get LeBron James. So, And they already have Markel Fultz. And they already have Joel Embiid. And they already have Ben Simmons. So if I was LeBron James, I would probably be, you know, getting my family comfortable with being in the city of brotherly hate in Philadelphia. Yeah, I think, you know... For LeBron, might tell, you know, Cleveland, you know, I want to help you out, too. I don't want to just leave you with nothing. So maybe maybe that would be a deal with Philly where they can at least get some picks and stuff. Because obviously Cleveland's going to want to try to get as much out of it as they can because you don't want to lose LeBron for nothing. <laughs> so, and, you know, I think LeBron loves Cleveland enough. So we'll see, you know. Maybe LeBron does decide that Philadelphia is a team. I could see LeBron going to Philadelphia. It'd be an interesting dynamic there, but I think, you know, with him and MB, there it would be characters on characters in that organization, and it would be a fun season. People would be tuning in to the NBA next year if LeBron plays with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And yeah. Flynn obviously wants to get something out of it, so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think, and the Kawhi Leonard, before we – we wrap up coaching with class here with Katie Kalinske for this morning on the summer solstice, June 21st, the day of the NBA draft. Kawhi Leonard, thoughts on this. The Spurs don't have to move him. They don't have to do anything. And I have an option that I spoke about last week on the show, and I'm going to hold the phone on that one before I, I, I kind of like let you have the floor with this. I do have something that could work, but what do you think about the Kawhi Leonard thing? He seemingly wants out, but they don't have to do anything. And I think that they've made it clear, and if they haven't, they should, that they're not just going to let him leave because he feels like it. This is a team. This is a franchise. They have to win games, too. They want to stay poised to continue to go to the playoffs. So what do you think about this situation with him seemingly wanting out and the Spurs could literally look at him and say, tough you-know-what, Kawhi, we don't have to move you. Yeah, but I think you also with that, you get in the problem with, you know, he only has one year left on the contract. So you if you don't move him and he really and he and you know he unless he says that he's going to resign with them at the end, end of next season then obviously you know you want to keep him but if you want to play that game with him it's kind of like well now you're going to lose me for nothing 
So I think, you know, the Spurs know enough that they want to at least get something out of it. You know, maybe Kawhi gets traded tonight. No one knows. You know, there could be a superstar traded tonight, and maybe it will be Kawhi, but I don't think, you know, I don't think you want to get to that game too much with, like, the guy, your superstar on your team because I feel like that just causes more problems than not. It, unless he says, like, I'll sign with you guys and they can work it out. Because I think Pop actually went out to L.A. to meet with Kawhi. So, and I think this is, like, their first kind of meeting they've had. So maybe Pop can convince it or maybe, you know, Kawhi's just upset right now and they can kind of figure it out. It's hard to say behind the scenes what really goes on and what Kawhi really wants because at the end of the day, everything we read online is speculation. We don't know what Kawhi wants. We don't know where Kawhi wants to go. They always say it's sources. Like, you really have no idea. Kawhi might think in his head right now he wants to be a spur and we all think he wants to get out. So... You know, it's just one of those things you just really never know. Let me let me go with you on this, okay? If there was a trade, this is a straight-up trade, I think that it works for the Spurs, and I definitely think that it works for the Celtics. Yeah, Kawhi would... Leonard's contract, 2018-19, is $20,099,188. Kyrie Irving's contract... For 2018-19 is twenty million ninety-nine thousand one hundred and eighty-eight dollars. Same amount of money, even swap, nobody loses in this money race. Nobody has to worry about can we make this work in our cap because it was already in our cap. What do you think about Kawhi to the Celtics? They make a run for the championship. Kyrie Irving goes down to San Antonio because their backcourt is 115 years old. So what do you think about this? They get a backcourt guy, and the Celtics get some help at that forward position. It, may, it definitely makes sense to do that. You know, that's if Kyrie wants to leave, you know, Boston. I think Kyrie likes Boston. Uh, but that would be – I think Boston definitely would con- – Boston would probably win a championship if Kawhi goes there. You know, Terry Rozier played great throughout the playoffs. All the young guys got a lot of, you know, experience. So, if that happens, that would be that would be unbelievable. I think, you know, the NBA is getting interesting because there's so many super teams out there now, and there's so many big three, big fours, and, you know, it's just, it'll be interesting. You know, I, I feel like Boston could pull it off. I think, like you said, Boston obviously can offer a lot more than L.A. could because who's L.A. going to send out if they want them, like, Alonzo Ball? It, I don't know, to me that just doesn't make sense. So, no, guess what and I don't think that Greg Popovich wants to deal with LeVar Ball and that entire family. That, so, that's, she's like meant to be out in LA <laughs> the way they act all the time. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, LeVar Ball said, My son will play for nobody but the Lakers. And guess what? You're probably right because I don't think anybody else is going to want to deal with your crazy, your crazy self. So, I mean, and it makes sense in LA to have that. Thoughts on Grayson Allen. He has risen up the mock drafts. He will be tripping people all over the NBA. What are your thoughts about this? Well, I think the thing with Grayson Allen is he he's such a great shooter. That's number one. Like, you can never – shooting is a skill that every team in the NBA needs. And he, he's athletic. And he's, he's big for – he has good size. And, you know, you have to remember his freshman year, he helped Duke win a national championship. And, you know – a lot of stuff with him was like the tripping and the antics and that kind of stuff, but that still doesn't take away from him as a basketball player. You know, and I'm sure Grayson is a great guy, and, you know, we just think of him as this guy that trips people and, you know, kind of goes. But once you get in the heat of battle on the court and, you know, when you really care about the game, you know, sometimes it gets the best of you. So, you know, I don't judge someone off of, like, one or two incidents, but, 
Yeah, he's a he's a great player, so I, I can see why he killed it in his drafts because he's such a good shooter and he's so athletic, so it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, and I know what you mean. I mean, I married my wife because she tripped me a couple times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you, you know, you can't judge someone off of that. <laughs> that coming from Katie Kalinske. Katie, final notes on NBA Draft Day. Any, any final thoughts on the upcoming draft and uh, where you'll be watching it? You know what? I have no idea where I'm going to watch it tonight. I actually forgot it was draft day when I woke up because, like we said, it's not like I'm seeing where Ty's battle is going to go. So, you know, I'll probably just watch it in my house. I'm definitely going to watch Hop's uh, Yahoo Sports uh, commentary. So I'm actually going to watch it on the Yahoo system to see, you know, what Hop has to say and support Hop a little bit. Yeah, awesome, awesome opportunity here. And uh, big ups to Coach Hop doing what he does and being the awesome coach that he is every single day in and day out. I know people on the West Coast are having some fun with him as we all move things forward. So that coming from Katie Kalinske, what we know for sure tonight is that Tyus Battle will be a junior with Syracuse Orange on, and that makes fans very happy. Katie, as always, I appreciate you being a part of the broadcast, and I look forward to talking with you soon. All right, Dan, have a good one. All right, you too. Take care. That coming from Katie Kalinske one more time. You woke up this morning and knew that Tyus Battle wasn't going to the Knicks. He wasn't going to the Hawks. He wasn't going to the Raptors. He wasn't going to the Magic. He wasn't going to the Spurs, to the Warriors, to the Lakers, because he's coming back to Syracuse. Now, I fully hope that the man makes it on to the Lakers or the Spurs or the Kings or the Magic or the Mavericks or the Suns or the Bulls or the whatever and whoever after this season, because I fully intend him to enter the NBA draft after his junior season. But Syracuse fans woke up this morning going, huh, it's draft day. And everybody had a cold sweat. The nightmare, right? And then you reminded yourself that Tyus Battle said, I'm coming back to Syracuse. So just for your peace of mind, Syracuse, you ain't got nothing to worry about tonight. Isn't that feel good? I'm sure it does. We'll take a step aside for a fast break and come back with a fantasy football power hour after this. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so. I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with.
for one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. The CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. It is the second hour of the show here this morning on a Thursday edition of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, which means that it is time for the fantasy football Power Hour, folks. I love the Fantasy Football Power Hour. It is so much fun. It's exciting. And this is going to be an awesome time. I got a whole new background for the Fantasy Football Power Hour, so let's enjoy that right now. The Fantasy Football Power Hour here with us, folks. New music, new digs, new feels, whole lot of fun. As always, great advice coming from Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com, and doing my best over here myself with WakeUpCallDT.com and our fantasy football advice every single Thursday for you. In and out of the season, folks, we have got you covered when it comes to to enjoying and having some fun, getting excited for this NFL season, knowing who's good, knowing who to look out for, knowing who we think has 
tremendous upside and so on and so forth. That's what Mike and I are here for, to give you consistent fantasy football advice that comes from us researching, knowing the teams, knowing the situations, and going with the things that we believe that you need to know. And if you have any questions about fantasy football, ask away, because we are almost full on our Florida League. Everybody who's been in the league for, I think it's eight years, nine years, I think this is the ninth season, we are pretty much all back and ready to go with this. I think we could be all back and set and ready to go down in Florida with Mike and I doing that in Central Florida. And then as far as the state of New York, we asked you to sign up for the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge in Central New York. And we have already almost capped out the four leagues. We've asked you to sign up and we had a ton of you come back within just a couple days. And there's a new email for us. It's fantasyfootballdt at gmail.com. That's fantasyfootballd as in Dan, T as in Thomas, at gmail.com. All you have to do is send us an email there and say, I'm in, and it's as simple as that. We will find you a league and put you into that league, and if you got family and friends, coworkers, and colleagues, let us know. Fantasy Football Power Hour is brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza, the home of all of our drafts and all of our leagues in central and upstate New York. And with that all being said, and all the pleasantries here with you this morning, Mike Sofka is here. He's a little bit under the weather. The man has caught the flu because the cardinal sin of going to work when you are sick. If you're going to work when you're sick, you better be wearing a hazmat suit. But Mike has come down with the flu, but he is a trooper. He is here with us, and he's going to make it happen as he always does so the flu won't keep him down the appendix wouldn't keep him down nothing keeps this man down and that's what we love so much about him is that he is a fighter and we're going to be discussing plenty with the fantasy football world right now so first and foremost mike thank you for being the fighter that you are no it's it's my pleasure to be here and with mike being being on the broadcast uh, right now we've done the afc north we've done the afc east And today it is time to give a fantasy football analysis of the AFC West. Each week, we're going division by division to prepare you for your fantasy draft, giving you four teams in that division and breaking down each one of those teams individually. So we're inside the AFC West, Mike, and let's get started with the Denver Broncos. What are your thoughts on their quarterback opportunity, so to speak, right now? I mean, Denver's still looking for a guy... The last couple seasons since Tebow and Peyton Manning, what do you think about the quarterback situation fantasy-wise in Denver? Well, I think they're they're happy with what they got. I think they're happy with uh, with Case Keenum. I think that this is um, going to be a new direction for them because for the past couple years they weren't sure. They were a bit uneasy about the quarterback situation, and I think that's like one less thing for them to worry about. It's one thing that they can put behind them. I like what they did with the addition of Bradley Chubb on the offense. I mean, on the defense, on uh, on the end position. I think he's going to be able to to shore up the other side of the line for Denver. I think the defense is going to be stellar. But uh, quarterback-wise, I think they're okay. I think they're going to be real happy with Case Keenum. I mean, you got a guy who can, at worst-case scenario, direct traffic. A guy who can lead the team. A guy who can help everybody elevate their game to the next level. And that's that's what Case Keenum did in the past, and that's what it looks like he, he's going to be tasked with to do here in Denver. 
Yeah, you know, and and having Case Keenum, you know, I I want to, I really honestly hope that it wasn't a fluke what he was able to do. I I think that you know what he brought forward in getting Minnesota just one step outside of getting into the Super Bowl and being able to play a Super Bowl at home in the Mercedes-Benz or in the stadium that they have. I'm sorry, I have Atlanta on the mind this morning. But to know what Case Keenum did last season and then a few seasons before when I saw him in Houston as the third string guy that went in and I I just I had good feels about him back then. So it he had some good moments in Houston, then he kind of tapered off, then he came back with a surge in Minnesota. And I really, really hope that this is real, that this is tangible. I hope that Case Keenum is the quarterback that can be consistently good from season to season. They have Chad Kelly, Jim Kelly's son on the on the team still. I think that's wonderful. I hope they keep him, not just because he's Jim Kelly's son, but I hope that he is talented and, and more than capable. Paxton Lynch is the only guy left over from the from the exodus and the changeover that they had. They brought Brock Osweiler there twice. It didn't work either time. So he is gone. Trevor Simeon is in Minnesota. Case Keenum is in Denver. So things feeling a little bit strange, a little bit weird. But I'm really hoping that Case Keenum can get it done. As far as fantasy goes, I'm not going to draft him as my starter, but I will draft him as a backup who could become a starter, depending on how he tackles Denver. Running back situation, Devontae Booker. You and I spoke about him and that he was supposed to step it up Drafted in the fourth round out of Utah 2016, and and you thought that he could take over the load. He has gone through ups and downs and has not been consistent. Royce Freeman is on the team right now, so Devontae may never get the opportunity with Royce being drafted in the third round out of Oregon in uh, the 2018 draft this year. They also have D'Angelo Henderson and David Williams. What are your thoughts on this? Because it seems, at least to me, that Royce Freeman is ripe to take this job almost immediately, depending on how camp goes. Yeah, I think so. I think it's his job to lose at this point. I don't think Devontae Booker's been able to, to make things happen when he's had the opportunities. The guy that I think is going to overtake Devontae Booker on that depth chart is D'Angelo Henderson, who looked pretty spry at the end of the year last year when he was given the opportunity. So, I mean... The Broncos want to run the ball. Let's let's make that clear. You have to have a good run game in order to be successful in the NFL. So he has a chance to be the 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 guy that can make things happen. Now they're saying that Devontae Booker's still up there and that, that he's still gonna be competing with Royce Freeman, but I think Royce Freeman is gonna be given every opportunity to lose this job. So, you know, he was a four year starter at Oregon. You know, 79 receptions, he's a capable receiver, but he, he, he's not the strongest receiver. So I think that, uh, you know, he's got to learn to pass blocking. That's the biggest thing that holds up NFL running backs coming into the league is the pass blocking. That's the one thing that impedes them from getting on the field every down. So as long as he picks that up, and I think he will, because if you look at the offense that Oregon ran, Oregon ran a pass-happy offense. So he's got to have some pass blocking. Skills, so I think Royce Freeman is going to be the guy. Disappointed in Devontae Booker, but you know who knows? You know, there's still a lot of time that that scenario could change. And look out for D'Angelo Henderson. And what do you think about D'Angelo Henderson? Do you what what kind of you know fantasy wise kind of sits with you on this? 
Jeez, I would think a late, late flyer on him possibly to back myself up with Royce Freeman if I picked up a Royce Freeman or if I was in a real deep league. Um, if I'm in a dynasty league, that might be something I would consider as a backup as well. But, you know, I, I, I think that he's on a different level than a Royce Freeman. I, I don't think he's going to be able to compete with that. And I think D'Angelo Henderson, if Royce Freeman wasn't there, could challenge Devontae Booker for the starting job. And, you know, this offseason in some dynasty leagues, I, I made some adjustments to some rosters to make sure I protected myself that way. But at the same time, you know, again, it's just two different. It's, it's apples and oranges here. I think Royce Freeman's a different class of running back. Yeah, I think for me, if I'm, you know, inside of my draft right now in this moment and we're drafting and, and getting this going at, at the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, and it's my pick, and I'm fourth round, fifth round, depending on how many running backs have been, have been taken. Royce Freeman is somebody that I may get go. You know, I don't want to say go up and get, but I'm going to get him, you know, somewhat earlier potentially because it's ripe for the taking, and because of the fact that you know he's got Case Keenum, he's got some help. So for me, I think that this is one of those rookies. That you take that you could take a chance on, and you could feel pretty good about taking a chance on. I have been known to take some chances on rookie running backs, and it's paid off dividends for me in the past. So I think Royce Freeman's one of those guys that I'm kind of circling, going, okay, you know what? He's on my back burner. I'm thinking about him, and I may have to kind of pull that card depending on how many running backs are taken in those first few rounds of our upcoming draft. Wide receivers: Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. They both come back. Cortland Sutton, shout out to Cortland Sutton, who joins Emmanuel Sanders as two Denver Broncos wide receivers that are from SMU, Southern Methodist. Carlos Henderson on the team, Deshaun Hamilton, Jordan Taylor, Isaiah McKenzie, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are the names, and I think Cortland Sutton, boy do I think Cortland Sutton could be a fantasy steal this year. I think he's, I think he is a steal of the NFL draft that they didn't take him in the first round. Yeah, I like Cortland Sutton a lot. I think, uh, you know, he's going to do well. He he scored well on the adjusted explosive index, which is a tool I use to grade rookie wide receivers coming into the league. He finished third on that ranking. And, and, and you know, I think that he's going to get an opportunity to show off his skills. He should be the immediate slot guy. I like Demarius Thomas still. Emmanuel Sanders always seems to make it happen. But, you know, it's going to be that timing. It's going to be the familiarity. It's going to be the confidence in the quarterback and the confidence that the quarterback has in those receivers. You know, a lot of times when a quarterback's throwing a ball to a receiver, especially on a deeper pattern, that that receiver is nowhere near where that ball is going to be caught. And so there's a lot of confidence on both people's part, on the, on Case Keenum, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, on these guys to make sure they're on the same page. A lot of that is timing. And, you know, like right now, they're they're not really together, but you would think that Case Keenum would organize, uh, you know, uh, unofficial activity where they all happen to show up at the same field at the same time somewhere and decided to throw the ball around. You know, things like that can make the difference and I I think they will make the difference I also like the addition to Sean Hamilton you know there's there's a lot to be said for what's going to happen in Denver what I'm real concerned with is the the tight end position 
not your Jake Butt, Jeff Herman, or Troy Fumagalli are the answer there. So we're going to have to wait and see there. That may be more of a blocking situation. They may lean away from that passing to the tight end, but who knows? Maybe something can develop there. But look out for Demarius Thomas to put up Demarius Thomas-like numbers. But it's going to take some time. I got him ranked number 20 overall as the number one receiver for Denver, and I got Emmanuel Sanders ranked number 34 overall as receiver for the Denver Broncos. And Cortland Sutton's a little further down than that just because it's hard to rely on a rookie receiver in this league, especially, you know, with a with a quarterback like Case Keenum. So I don't know that, you know, he's going to have an immediate impact long-term. Dynasty-wise, Cortland Sutton's going to pay off in the long run. But, you know, you just got to be patient. The average uh, turn or the average uh, time frame for a receiver to really – really pick it up in the NFL is at that three-year mark. Rarely do you see guys pick it up much before that, a la a Randy Moss. But um, So look out for some of the norm. I'm concerned about their schedule this year in Denver. I'm concerned that they're not going to end up as well as people think they will. Um, you know, they, they ended up dead last, finished last year in the AFC West. You know, they went on an eight-game losing streak in the middle of the season after they started three and one. But, you know, Case Keenum came off that season no one saw coming. And, uh, you know, I know he's a 30-year-old quarterback, but quarterbacks can play when they're a little bit older. Look at Tom Brady. So, you know, hopefully they'll be able to turn this around. But I don't look for more than a 500 season from Denver this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be an interesting season for for a team that is really trying to find their leadership. I mean, they're looking for a new quarterback to take the reins and a new running back to take the range because Devontae Booker's never officially done it. Henderson hasn't done it. And Freeman, he's a rookie. Now, in the wide receiver realm, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, they're there. They're vets. They should be one of the best one-two punches in the receiving core. But because they've had so much inconsistency at quarterback from Simeon to Lynch to Osweiler, this has been a fantasy up and down roller coaster for people. You draft Demarius Thomas. Your expectation is that no matter what, he's going to get you 100 yards. No matter what, he's going to get you a touchdown. But that hasn't been the case. Emmanuel Sanders has had to deal with not being as healthy, and I hope that he will be and stays that way. But this is this is a team with two wide receivers whose names on paper make you want to draft them, and they will be drafted, and Demarius Thomas will be drafted high. He is a guy that will go in your second or third round. He will probably definitely be gone in your second round, more than likely depending on how deep the draft is for you, how many players that you have, how many uh, commissioner or not commissioners, how many fantasy owners you have, essentially. But Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders have unfortunately been fantasy duds, dare I say it, sometimes last season and in recent history here in the NFL because, 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 because they've gone stud to dud, dud to stud because of the quarterback situation. So if Case Keenum can figure this out, and if Royce Freeman or whoever can make it work in the rushing attack, which Denver used to be known for, then Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders will get back to that upper echelon, and you will feel better about drafting them. Now, to Cortland Sutton, he's going to be a guy who's going to be forgotten. He's going to sink. He's going to dip to the middle of your draft. 
pick him up. Give him an opportunity. Give him a chance. This man's hands are amazing. Everybody says Odell Beckham Jr., one-handed catch. What does he do? One or two of those? One a season? Two a season? Cortland Sutton's doing these things all the damn time. And Cortland Sutton is not a head case up to this point, like Odell Beckham Jr. allegedly has been in moments, and like we've seen his antics and whatnot. So, If Case Keenum can do what he needs to do and can feed off of what he did with Minnesota and show that it wasn't a one-hit wonder, then Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and Cortland Sutton are all draftable commodities for you inside of your draft. Demarius will go early and will go high. Emmanuel Sanders will go some point within those first four rounds, and Cortland Sutton might sink to the middle of your draft, and that's okay. Pick him up, throw him on your roster, and let him go to work and do his job. I know he's a rookie. We don't know everything that the rookie is going to do because a rookie is a rookie is a rookie. However, he is a rookie whose hands will make you feel good if you need a catch late in a game if they give him the time. Moving on in the AFC West in our analysis in the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, and of course myself, Dan Tatora of WakeUpCallDT.com. And here with you every Monday through Friday on MixLR.com backslash DT. Philip Rivers, Geno Smith, Cardell Jones. Cardell made his hay being a third string guy that got it done at Ohio State. Geno Smith should still, in my opinion, maybe try being a wide receiver. I just don't see him as a, as a quarterback in the NFL. And Philip Rivers, well, he's outlasted Tony Romo, but his game is very much Tony Romo. The numbers look good, but the team doesn't go that far. In fantasy, it doesn't matter because you don't need them to go to the playoffs. Thoughts on the quarterback situation in L.A. for the Chargers? Yeah, well, it's going to be Philip Rivers. I mean, he's he's the consummate professional there. He's the steady Eddie. He's the guy that continues to put up numbers for them. You know, I, I, I don't think a Cardell Jones, I don't think a Geno Smith is going to be any threat to, to his playing time. What I would be real concerned with is the lack of a tight end. You know, Antonio Gates goes down. You know, everybody's still standing around looking at each other like, now what? And you know what? I don't think Virgil Green's the answer. I don't think Sean McGrath's the answer. You know, they're probably going to bring in somebody. Maybe somebody will get cut somewhere. You know, usually things don't fall into your lap that way, though. So, you know, they're going to have to suck it up. They're going to have to figure it out. You know, Keenan Allen is going to be great. You know, the running game is going to be strong. But, you know, Phillip Rivers is going to be the guy. He's going to continue to be the guy. He makes plays with his legs. He seems to be the guy that makes things happen when you think they're not going to happen. He's a bottom-end QB1 for me. You know, you could draft him. You know, he's the number 10 uh, quarterback on my list this year in redraft league. So I think you can feel confident Philip Rivers and Eric Odie to march the ball down the field. I think they're going to have a pretty good season after two down years. They seem to crawl out of the AFC sour to finish uh, second last year. And, you know, they really didn't have many contributions from their rookies last year either. So I think they shored up some positions on defense. I think overall – that's going to help Philip Rivers because they're not going to be in a situation where, you know, they don't have somebody on the other side of the ball and the defense isn't on the field the whole game, et cetera. So I like Philip Rivers a lot. I think you're going to get some value out of him as a bottom-end QB1. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with you, bottom-end quarterback one for Philip Rivers. I mean, he he puts numbers up. He gets yardage, so it's helpful. 
But you know, it, it's the more it's more of the issue on the wide receivers and the inconsistency of play there. But Philip Rivers, as far as bringing you some numbers, he will help you out. He's not the dominant guy. He's not the most attractive pick that I would go after. He's definitely not somebody that I would go goo goo gaga about if he's on my roster. But he's serviceable. He gets the job done. Running backs: Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Austin stepped up out of Western State in Colorado as an undrafted free agent in 2017, and it gave them the opportunity. They parted. I mean, this is a team that had Darren Sproles, who was a short, scrappy guy, and you know they they've had opportunities with a bunch of different guys in recent history, but they've let them go. They've said, "Go ahead, move on, move forward." And now Austin Eckler's the next guy. He's five foot nine. And he's the next one to help out Melvin Gordon. What are your thoughts about the running back situation? Yeah, I like Melvin Gordon a lot. I think Melvin Gordon's an outstanding athlete. I think he's uh, a very good running back in the NFL. I got him ranked ninth overall uh, as far as running backs go on redrafts. I think even in Dynasty, you'll be in a good position with Melvin Gordon. I think he's a guy that can catch the ball. I think he's a guy that can make things happen in space. He can run the ball up the middle. You know, when he first came in the league, he had a rough go of it. He had a lot of expectations on him. And then, you know, the last year he ended up, uh, you know, ended up getting together with uh, Adrian Peterson and working out with him. And this is a, a guy who really learned a lot. He's not afraid to ask questions. He's not afraid to do what it takes to get things done in the offseason either. So I like that and respect that a lot in Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler should see some spot time, should see some passing downs. You know, not a bad guy to have on your roster just in case something happens to Melvin Melvin Gordon. But I don't know if I'd waste the roster space there, you know, really and truly. Melvin Gordon's really the one-man show there for the Chargers. Yeah, so uh, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, I mean, this is a guy on the waiver wire if you need somebody and someone goes down during your season and it's a last minute, you got a couple minutes before the game is about to start type of scenario. Melvin Gordon to me is, uh, you know, he, he is. He's a top four guy when it comes to what he's capable of doing. He is someone that you should draft high. He is somebody who has shown that he is durable, for, you know, for the most part. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do this season. I don't think you can go wrong with Melvin Gordon. He's the best player on the team, in my opinion, for the Chargers. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams, Jeremy Davis, Artavis Scott, so on and so forth. Dare I ask you, Mr. Mike Sofka, about who you should choose in fantasy of these guys when Mike Williams has good days, Travis Benjamin has good days, Keenan Allen, I guess, is the most consistent by far, Tyrell Williams has some good days, but it's really hard to find, outside of Keenan Allen, another guy that you can lean on in fantasy from the Chargers at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting some points in, in a dynasty league or something for returns, you know, Travis Benjamin's always been a guy that's stood up there. A Tyrell Williams may surprise you. I think Mike Williams needs to show up this year. I think, uh, you know, year two, you know, the – the, the jitters are off. The the you know you're no longer a rookie. This is time to get up and go. So you know a lot's going to be told about their season by how well or how not so well Mike Williams does. But Keenan Allen is surely the class of that group. I got him the number seven wide receiver in redraft. 
this is a guy who, you know, a couple years ago seemingly came out of nowhere, became the number one receiver. So I think this is a guy you can count on as your number one receiver. Um, I think this is a guy who can, you know, take your team a long way fantasy-wise, and he's going to take the Chargers a long way. He's going to be the leader of the receiving core. He's going to lead by example like he's done for Mike Williams and, and for Tyrell Williams. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, outside of the, the tight end position when Hunter Henry went down with that ACL, you could see it in everybody's eyes. That was it. They're like, now what? We just told, you know, Antonio Gates we were done with him. And now there's some rumor that they may be, you know, trying to bring Antonio Gates back for some spot duty. I think he's like 150 years old, but he can still get the job done. You know, there's still some time for them to fill that spot. There's still a couple months to go, so maybe something will come up. Maybe something will happen to bring some relief there to the tight end position. But again, as far as the wide receivers, you can't go wrong with Keenan now, and he's definitely a wide receiver one on your team. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. I think I think he's a lower end one because of the fact of you know his consistency and also in recent time you know staying healthy and whatnot. But he's not a bad pickup. He's a low end one for me, Keenan Allen. Everybody else is up in the air. I mean, I said it going in. I'm saying it coming out of the conversation about the Chargers. It is definitely an up in the air scenario. I don't I don't lean on any of these guys to be the guy. So, you know, Keenan Allen, we shall see what he could do. I think he's a, he's draftable, obviously higher than the rest of them. But Travis Benjamin let me down. Tyrell, well, I should say Tyrell Williams let me down. Benjamin's been letting down for a while. He was drafted and went to Cleveland first. And Mike Williams, he was injured. Then he came back and, you know, he was okay. So, it's where we sit right now. How about the tight end position, Mike? Virgil Green and Sean Culkin. Hunter Henry in May of this year, tore his ACL, so the guy that's supposed to be the guy is not the guy, and then they let Antonio Gates go on his 81st birthday, so for the first time in a long time, the Chargers don't have a guy that's got big upside at the tight end position. Yeah, they're going to have to do some soul searching here, they're going to have to find somebody, Virgil Green's going to have to become a pass-catching machine, or they're going to have to have luck on their side, somebody's going to have to fall to them. Or I know there's talks that, you know, Antonio Gates was still interested in playing and the Chargers had told him not so much. And then right after that, Hunter Henry tore his ACL. So, you know, they may go back hat in hand uh, to Antonio Gates and, you know, try to make something happen there. I think there's enough talent around around the league that, you know, they may pick up somebody else down the road. But I don't think you can count on that. So I think Virgil Green might be the answer. McGrath may be the answer. You just have to wait and see what develops. I don't even know that preseason is going to be much of a tell for that because I'm not sure they want to give much away. But they are going to have to look at some guys and they are going to have to make some concerted efforts to develop something from the tight end position in the preseason. So, you know, look out for that. Watch watch very closely what they're doing there with the tight end position. But I don't think there's a draftable tight end on the roster right now in fantasy. No, and I would agree with you. I'm going to make it short and sweet. No draftable tight end right now, and it's sad about Hunter Henry. I hope Virgil Green steps up, but I haven't seen much of anything from him stats-wise in fantasy up to this point, which leads me to believe that I'm not rolling in that direction. Now we'll get to the 15th round of the draft, and somebody will say, Hey, Dan, who's the Chargers tight end again? Isn't it Hunter Henry? Why didn't anybody take him? Well, 
that's where we stand. Virgil Green. So they I, <laughs> you might have to call up Antonio Gates and say, Antonio, I know you just turned 82 now, but we love you to pieces. We're so sorry we let you go. Will you come back to us? Mercedes Lewis, how about that phone call? Why not that one? He had a couple years left in him. He's a serviceable guy. He can make it happen. He's got a good quarterback in Phillip Rivers. I'm just saying. We'll take a step aside here for a fast break, and we'll do the other half of the AFC West, getting you ready team by team for fantasy football, team by team, position by position, AFC West today. We'll be back in a moment. This is a wake-up call, fast break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City. Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu, but we'd be here forever. So let me say this, Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. It's the Fantasy Football Power Hour here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We do it every Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Why do we move it to Thursday? Because now we can give you Thursday night football. You got an extra day to listen in. You got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to help you all the way through for your fantasy during the season. And out of season, we're getting you ready. We're getting you pumped. We're getting you excited. The NFL never leaves the media. And not because of kneeling. And not because of the new national anthem policy. And not because you're still trying to figure out who's actually going to get suspended and who's not getting suspended. And will Colin Kaepernick ever have a job again? But because of the stories of the teams that are working diligently, 32 franchises every single day, knowing that there's no days off, trying to make their team better, dare I say it, Cleveland 
doing a lot of work to make their team better, and we discussed them a couple weeks ago. I'm here with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, and we're with you every single week of the blessed year talking about the NFL because the NFL is always, 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 always on. There's always something going on inside of the NFL. And we are speaking on tight ends. Who's available out there? Kobe Fleener. He was supposed to be a number one guy. He doesn't have a job right now. Martellus Bennett used to be a number one guy. Nothing. Julius Thomas. I thought, did Jacksonville misuse him? Well, we'll see in his one season with Miami. And what we saw there was, obviously, no misuse. He just had a really good time with Peyton Manning. And then after Peyton Manning, everything dropped off. So Julius Thomas, two different franchises since then. Nothing to write home about. Antonio Gates still out there. Brent Selleck is out there. Anthony Fasano. Fasano. Mikel Rivera, who came to the Jaguars, was hurt and did absolutely nothing on their run to almost make it to the Super Bowl. Clay Harbor also spent some time with Jacksonville in the past. He is out there. John Phillips, Brandon Williams, Jeff Cumberland, Chris Gregg, Ifani Moma, and Wes Saxton all out there right now, and I mentioned Mercedes Lewis. He is joining Jimmy Graham in Green Bay and has a job there. So it's just slim pickings out here, Mike, but these names used to used to be something in the NFL. I mean, Kobe Fleener, Martellus Bennett, Julius Thomas, Antonio Gates, Brent Selleck, Anthony Fasano, Mikel Rivera, all of these guys at some point in their career were a number one tight end in the NFL. Well, one thing's for sure in the NFL. One thing is constant, and that's change. If you can count on one thing, it's always going to be an eternal youth movement. It's always going to be, you know, the new flashier thing, the new shinier thing. You know, every every kid likes his toys, but Christmas comes and a new toy comes in. That's the thing the kid wants to play with. So, you know, there's going to be somebody newer. There's going to be somebody faster. There's going to be somebody cheaper because they're newer. Um, you know, it's it just that's the dynamics of the league. You know, the average tenure of an NFL player is somewhere between three and five years. So in order for you to be a guy who's been around like some of these names are, some of these guys have already, you know, overstayed their welcome, if you would. So some of these guys through situations, through uh, injuries, through just showing up. I mean, I could pick out a – there's a guy in the league right now. I'm surprised he's playing tight end anymore, and that's Eric Ebron. Well, he showed up at the right place at the right time. He's in Indianapolis now after not doing much in Detroit. And he's the number one tight end there. You know, and and it takes, you know, they say a lot of success. The number one thing you have to do to be successful is show up. And that's what he did. So some of these guys have been showing up for years and now somebody else is showing up in their place. That's all. And that's the thing. And it's funny that you bring up Eric Ebron because the Colts tried out Kobe Fleener and that didn't work out. And pardon me, my, I'm telling you this allergy pollen season. It is the summer solstice. It is June 21st summer. Please take away this pollen nasty from my lungs. Just take it away. I love, I, I love, love flowers. I love honey. Bees, you're cool as long as you don't sting me and leave me alone. But I'm telling you right now, I'm done with the pollen up here. It is by far the worst season that I've ever had in my entire life. And I don't have Eric Ebron on my team. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to. So Eric Ebron, you know, let's give him a chance. Let's see what he could do. I don't expect much of anything. 
And I mean, it's funny how Detroit, Brandon Pettigrew, Eric Ebron, then you look at the Colts. Now they have Ebron. They had Kobe Fleener. Some of these teams just are not <clears throat> making the moves that end up paying off dividends at this position. So we'll see. I mean, there's not a ton of phenomenal tight ends that are out there. There is a very select few, and that's why it's really hard to draft them. And that's why when people start drafting them in the first round, other people start freaking out because they don't know if they're going to be able to get the guy that they want because or get a good tight end at all because of the slim pickings. Heading off from tight end to the quarterback that's thrown to him, Mike, Derek Carr, EJ Manuel, Connor Cook, they're all in Oakland with John Gruden's return to the NFL as a head coach. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I like Gruden. I, I think that he's going to do a lot for that team. I think that uh, he's going to bring the mental edge to Oakland that they've been lacking. You know, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. I don't. I don't know that they're ready to do something this year. They may be in a wait for nineteen stage. Uh, you know, I hate to say that. I know the Razor fans are probably cringing hearing that, but you know, Gruden had a ten year break. So, you know, I'm sure he's refreshed and ready to go. However, you know, it takes more than just, uh, you know, a great attitude. You do have to have some talent, some athleticism. Uh, that has to translate, and you have to execute on the field. So, you know, I think that Oakland can go far under Gruden, but it's going to take time. I don't think they're going to immediately impact, you know, like, like people think. I think their car is going to have a – you know, a subpar year. I, I'm worried about Amari Cooper. He seemed to disappear last year. I know they brought in Jordy Nelson. I know they brought in Doug Martin. You know, I, I, I just I, I don't see where all the value is in Oakland right now. They really have to do something, and the West isn't going to be easy for them with that schedule. I don't, I'm not sure that they're going to do much more than, you know, a 500 record this year, but uh, Gruden's going to make an impact on them. And I think that uh, the future is going to look bright in Oakland. Yeah, you know, I think John Gruden definitely comes in there and, and makes some noise. It makes some things happen. I think that he for sure is somebody that is going to bring the spice back to Oakland, but only for a season because then they're going to Vegas. So, I mean, for me, Derek Carr, he's a serviceable guy. He's a low-end one for me as well at the quarterback situation. In my leagues, you get team quarterback, and EJ Manuel and Connor Cook are nothing to write home about as of right now. I'm still holding out some hope for Connor Cook, and we'll see from there. But if Derek, I mean, if Derek Carr stays healthy, I think that with the wide receivers he has, he's going to have some fun this year potentially. I don't see the team being astronomically great. I think maybe 7-9, and nine, but I do think Derek Carr is a low-end quarterback one. Running backs. Marshawn Lynch, I'm surprised that he didn't run the heck out of Oakland when he saw John Gruden coming because John Gruden does not put up with BS, and Marshawn Lynch loves to be a lightning rod for all the wrong reasons. Marshawn Lynch, Doug Martin, Jalen Richard, and DeAndre Washington. Thoughts on the backfield of Oakland for fantasy? Yeah, I think it's going to be mired in mediocrity in that committee situation. I think they're going to be you know, still trying to search and find out how they're going to divvy up the ball. I think it's pretty obvious. I think Marshawn Lynch is your hammer, and, you know, Doug Martin's that scat-type guy. You know, Doug Martin has fallen off quite a bit from where he was. He had some scandalous times here in Florida, in Tampa. And, you know, the the whole thing of it is is familiarity. 
the whole thing of it is is confidence. The whole thing of it is is making sure you know where and what everybody's doing all the way around you. And it, it just seems like Oakland just always won off. Like they're just missing it. And, you know, for, for a guy like Derek Carr, I think it's going to take a lot for him to step up without some of the newer, younger, shinier toys in the toy chest there. You know, you got a Marshawn Lynch, but he's up there in age. He's long in the tooth. Doug Martin, I think his better days are behind him. So, you know, Jalen Richard looked pretty nice last year, at, you know, at his, at his spot times. But, you know, I don't think they can dedicate themselves to running the ball. I think they're going to have to spread the ball around to their receivers. And, you know, I know Carr's been capable of doing that. And Carr's a very capable quarterback. But I just don't know if he has, you know, dynamic weapons around him. And that starts with the run game. I'm not as sold on the on the run game in Oakland. You know, you take a Marshawn Lynch, he's he's somewhere in the – in the mid-20s on my running back ranking, and Doug Martin's way down the list from that as well. So I think they need to develop that strong running game. They picked up a, a, a an outstanding tackle in a, in a Colton Miller in the middle of the first round out of UCLA. But, you know, his, his fortitude has come into question. Like, here's a guy who's had some spotty starts. They're not sure if he's going to be able to stay on the field because he's he's been injured quite a bit. So this is a situation in Oakland where it's wait and see. And if you're an Oakland fan, I would just tell you, be patient. And I don't think it's going to happen for you this year. I think you're waiting on 19. Yeah, you know, for me, looking at the situation, I don't like the fact that Marshawn Lynch is the top guy on the depth chart right now. Doug Martin has has consistently underperformed when he was with Tampa. I couldn't believe that they gave him a five year extension, a, a new five year contract, and I I I was like, what what are you thinking, Tampa? It's not worth it. I mean, this is a guy who has multiple times got himself suspended from the league. He's not consistent. He's not a number one guy. And they gave him a five-year contract. I balked at that. I thought it was insane. And then apparently Tampa maybe was listening to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Because after they gave it to him, a year after he got it, they shipped him off to Oakland. So, I mean, they let him go. It was, hey, see you later. Have a great time. You know, we'll figure out what we got to figure out. So, I don't I don't trust in Doug Martin. I don't trust in Marshawn Lynch. DeAndre Washington and Jalen Rashard, out of anybody on this, I would look to them. But the inconsistency of running the ball in Oakland has been a problem. I do think that John Gruden being an, an old-time coach, old-time feels, and, and loves that, you know, hitting you in the trenches, that he would want to change this. So I'll be interested to see what happens, and can he make Marshawn Lynch focus again? But nobody feels good to me. If you draft a Raiders running back before I get to him, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Amari Cooper, Jordan Nelson, Martavis Bryant, Seth Roberts, Ryan Switzer, Dwayne Harris, to name the wide receivers on, and that's not even all of them, on the Raiders right now. Amari Cooper, obviously the number one guy. Crabtree is is gone. Jordy Nelson is on the team now from Green Bay. He was a steal here as a free agent. Martavis Bryant was involved in a trade from Pitt. He's got to keep himself out of trouble because I know that John Gruden's not going to deal with that. And then an undrafted free agent, Seth Roberts, he is on the team still. And then Ryan Switzer, a trade with Dallas, brings him over to the team, who is a return specialist who I interviewed when he was with the North Carolina Tar Heels. 
and Dwayne Harris, who spent time with the Cowboys, then with the Giants, but got hurt last year, so barely played. All these guys are on the team right now. Thoughts about the receiving core that Derek Carr has for fantasy? Yeah, Amari Cooper was a big letdown last year. You know, a lot of people thought that he was going to, you know, pick things up a bit, and he just he just did, and he's he's been waning here, and they bring in a Jordy Nelson who's got some age on him, but, you know, I think he's still capable of getting things done. I, I, I think that it's going to open things up for Derek Carr a bit, and I, I'm worried about Martavius Bryant, though, you know, with the, with the recent allegations, and, you know, he may be facing suspension or worse coming around the corner yet, so we'll have to wait and see there. Ryan Switzer's got some wheels on him, though, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot, so these guys may put up some numbers, garbage-time numbers, if you would, but they still count in fantasy, and that's a good thing. So I think that you're going to get some reliability there. I don't think you're going to you're going to dominate anybody in your league by having the core receivers from Oakland. I think Amari Cooper is still going to be okay getting those garbage-time points, so I think he's going to be a top-end wide receiver, too. I think a Jordy Nelson falls off there a bit. I think he's more like a, a wide receiver three or four, maybe, um, depending on how deep your league is. And you know, if you're in a if you're in a dynasty situation, you know, Ryan Switzer may be a guy in the in the long run here. But I think you just a wait and see type situation. A tight end, uh, Jared Cook, you know, could do something. But you know, again, it's Oakland. You just never know. So. I think Oakland is in a is in a precarious situation. They they're going to struggle to go 500. They're going to get some garbage time points with the receivers and and the quarterback. So you could do worse, but you could do a lot better than Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson. Yeah, you know, I, I think that now that there's more weapons for him, I think that this could help the man out. Speaking on Derek Carr, so I do like the Jordy Nelsons here. But he's got to stay healthy. You know, Amari Cooper's been inconsistent. Martavis Bryant has just been a problem. If he did what he was supposed to do, he was going to be the number two guy for Antonio Brown for his entire career at Pittsburgh, arguably. And that just didn't work out. So, you know, Switzer, fantasy-wise, I'm not putting a ton into him. Maybe Oakland special teams, defense and special teams. If you get that team defense and special teams like you do in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, then, you know, that's something to look at where you would get Switzer in a way. But I like Jordy Nelson, Amari Cooper, probably going to drop. I mean, not probably. I would expect him to dip. Some people are going to pick him up for namesake, but, you know, he is inconsistent. And Michael Crabtree, if Michael Crabtree had been, uh, if Michael Crabtree had been a, a little more consistent and not gotten himself kicked out of a game in the first quarter, You know, we're looking at the guy that would have definitely overtaken Amari Cooper because he was on pace of doing so. So, I like Jordy. I don't like him to be a number one. I don't like Amari to be one of the guys that you're leaning on either, and they don't have Crabtree anymore, who is their best option. The next one that I want to get to in the final team of the AFC West before we round out today's Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza, the home of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge Leagues, and of course, the the drafts that are connected to those leagues that we do live, on-site, on-location. Kansas City's the final team. I saved the best for last, in my opinion, as far as talent goes. We're going to start things off with Pat Mahomes, Chad Henney, and Matt McGloin. Chad Henney used to be a starting quarterback in Jacksonville and Miami. 
Matt McGloin used to be a starter in Oakland, and Pat Mahomes has never been a starter. Thoughts on this one, Mike? Yeah, well, it's Patrick Mahomes' team. It's, it's his job to lose. You know, this is why they they brought him in. It's why they drafted him. This is why this is why we're at where we're at right now. They believe in Patrick Mahomes, and you know, I got to believe in the weapons they have around him. I think they've done an outstanding job of putting a team around him. And to show you what an outstanding job they did, they didn't draft any more offensive players this year. They went all defense in their draft in Kansas City, mostly interior linemen, you know, defensive tackle type guys. So this is a team who feels good about where they're at offensively. They feel like they have the right tools in place, and it's Patrick Mahomes' time to to make it happen. I've heard he's had some struggles here you know, this offseason, but, you know, that's going to happen. He's a young quarterback, and young quarterbacks take time. He had a year on a bench, and this is an opportunity for him to step in, you know, with some more clarity, you know, being able to watch and observe first is everything before, you know, you're able to get out there and do something. This is a guy who can get it done. This is a guy who they feel good about. This is a guy who, well, you know, they added some weapons in like a, a veteran guy as well in a Sammy Watkins. So they're going to do everything they can do to continue that continuity in Kansas City and let him develop. So there's going to be some moments where, you know, his aggression, his creativity, his confidence to cross the line into recklessness is going gonna, is gonna to come true. Alex Smith was, you know, essentially the number four fantasy quarterback last year. So they had an okay situation, but I thought Alex Smith was mediocre at times, and I thought it was the weapons around him. So, you know, I think the upside with Mahomes is because of that personnel, because of the system continuity, this is going to be an outstanding situation for a young quarterback, and Patrick Mahomes has the future looking bright for him. If he can just keep himself in check and keep the team focused, keep them moving, and, you know, I've said it time and time again, the job of the quarterback is to make first downs. He can be a manageable quarterback, and they can go in with a winning record this year. Yeah, you know, I think that Pat Mahomes, to give him this job as quickly as they gave it to him, I kind of I expected him in his second season in the NFL to be here. I expected that to be the case. So I didn't necessarily think that they were going to ship off Alex Smith and get a ton of money for him, but... You know, it just kind of worked out, and and Pat Mahomes is going to have to show himself. I mean, this is baptism by fire, and he's going to be put in this situation. So as far as who he could be, right now I would say you could get him as a backup and give him an opportunity to put him out there as a backup on your team because you don't know exactly what he's going to be. I wouldn't call him a number one. He does have the capability. There is the upside of him becoming a, a number one quarterback for you inside of your fantasy football roster, but as of right now, I would temper your expectations a little bit. I would make him your number two guy, and I would see where he goes from here, but he is a draftable player, in my opinion, at the quarterback position. He's got a lot of weapons. Running backs, Kareem Hunt, Spencer Ware, who stepped it up last year, Kerwin Williams, who is a free agent out of Arizona from Utah State, Damian Williams on the team, and Sharkandrick West, who's at the bottom of this thing. Thoughts on the running backs in Kansas City? Well, you know, it wasn't but a year ago. Spencer Ware was the guy. We were going into preseason talking about how great Spencer Ware is going to be in Kansas City. 
And sure enough, he gets hurt, and Kareem Hunt explodes on the scene. And, well, it's the Kareem Hunt show, and, and rightfully so. And you know what Kareem Hunt did this year in the offseason? He worked on his receiving skills, which is going to make him even that much better of a receiver as well. So this guy has got blazing speed. This guy can definitely get it done for you. He's number eight running back on my redraft board. I think you're going to do fine with Kareem Hunt. Look out for some spot duty from Spencer Ware. I think Kendrick West days are, are numbered. I think he's he was there. He was an injury stopgap for a time. Damian Williams, Kerwin Williams, same thing. The younger, you know, less expensive guys are going to be the ones that stick around. So, you know, I, I, there may be a cap casualty here for one of these one of these running backs, but I think all of them have the potential to make the roster. But Kareem Hunt's the class of the of the bunch, and you know, I, I would be happy to have Kareem Hunt as my, one of my running backs. Yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt. I mean, you just look at look at his. I mean, we'll talk about this. As we continue on with Collective Corner every Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, when I sit down with John Newman of Newman Sports Cards and we discuss how just how crazy it is, you know, when it comes to Kareem Hunt's cards and people buying up his cards with jersey relics, the autograph, the autograph jersey relic, his rookie cards. People are definitely buying into Kareem Kareem Hunt after his rookie season last season and what he did. And, I mean, with Leonard Fournette doing as well as Leonard did, Kareem still steps up in this thing. And Kareem was not drafted in the first round. So I give Kareem Hunt a lot of credit for what he has done up to this point. I like Kareem. He's going to go early. He's going to go quick. Some people might draft him first or second in the first round because they believe in him that much. So Spencer Ware, not a bad handcuff. And Kareem Hunt, definitely, if you can get him on your roster, make sure you make it happen. Wide receiver Sammy Watkins coming over from Buffalo via L.A. Rams, now Kansas City. Tyreek Hill, Chris Conley, Demarcus Robinson, DeAnthony Thomas, they're all there now. They're on the roster now. Thoughts on what they have to offer at this receiver position? Yeah, I like Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is just Blazing speed again. Hunt and Hill, Hill and Hunt. These two guys can can make a difference in the game. These two guys can score from any position. And I like Tyreek Hill because he can do these jet sweeps, these end arounds. He can also fly. He can run a, a you know a quick go route and get right past your guy. Tyreek Hill's a number twelve receiver on my redraft list. And Sammy Watkins, I think, is going to have a rebirth of some sorts. I think he's going to be a bottom-end wide receiver two, top-end wide receiver three. You know, he's a veteran presence. He's a guy that can be reassuring for a young quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes who can have the confidence that this guy's where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be there. And this is a guy who can actually help in the development of a Patrick Mahomes. So I think it's a good thing. Demarcus Robinson seems to me to be a guy that you may want to look into as in a dynasty situation. I already have him locked up in one dynasty league. You know, Chris Conley, DeAnthony Thomas, you, these guys are okay, but they're going to be also rands on this team. You know, the, the way Kansas City is going to win is by running the ball with Hunt, passing the ball to Hill and Watkins, and letting Mahomes develop slowly over time. And, and let's not forget, Kansas City is one of those teams that has the only tight end in the AFC West, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's a dominant tight end, so he's almost a receiver in my book. So, you know, I think it's going to be great for Patrick Mahomes. 
you know, these guys are all going to feed off each other. And let's face it, when you have multiple threats like that, not one guy is going to get double covered. Everybody's going to have the opportunity to get some. So I like the situation they have at receiver in Kansas City. Yeah, I like the fact that I think Sammy Watkins is is finally draftable again in fantasy. Tyreek Hill, the speed kills. Tyreek and Kareem working together, staying healthy. If they got a little more consistent than they were last year, massive one-two punch and a big help to a guy coming in in his red shirt freshman season is what I'm going to call it. So big ups to him. And Travis Kelsey, you're right. I mean, when you look at LA, when you look at the Chargers, who's their tight end? When you look at Oakland, who's their tight end? When you look at Denver, who's their tight end? But Kansas City has Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey is a boss. And he sometimes, before Tyreek Hill came in, Travis Kelsey was the only receiving option for Alex Smith when Alex Smith was at the helm. So I like the weapons here in Kansas City. You can't go wrong getting Pat Mahomes or team quarterback at Kansas City as your backup. Can't go wrong with Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and now you can draft Sammy Watkins. It is pretty, it is beautiful, it is fun, and this is the Fantasy Football Power Hour. Mike Sofka, as always, of HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com. We appreciate your expertise, we appreciate you being here, and we hope that you get better, and when we speak to you next Thursday, you're 100% A-OK, back up and at it again, Mike. We appreciate everything you do. Sounds like a plan, Dan. Thanks a lot. All right, take care. That coming from Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football. Dot com once again, and when you hear this sound, that means that the Fantasy Football Power Hour has officially come to a close. We're ringing the bell like Wall Street, so to speak, but we're a lot more honest and truthful than Wall Street. We'll take a step aside here to get you all set for tomorrow's broadcast in just a moment after this fast break. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City. Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. 
This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us central and upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt.com. DT, hope you're having a phenomenal, fantabulous day here on the summer solstice. That is right, folks. The summer solstice right here on June 21st. Happy summer. And I want to give a special thanks to Katie Kalinske as well as Rashad Wisdom and Mike Sofka for being a part of today's broadcast. On tomorrow's show on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we will start the show like we start off every Friday show with the annoying moment of the week, proudly presented by Carvel DeWitt, the home of the Wake Up Call Sunday chocolate vanilla or a twist topped off with cookie dough pieces and caramel swirl. It's the first day of summer, which means that you should celebrate the only great way that we know how in central and upstate New York to go to Carvel DeWitt and get yourself the Wake Up Call Sunday cookie dough pieces and caramel swirl. Got you feeling good on a summer solstice kind of day. And at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow on the show, we will have the Significant Soundbites World Cup Takeover. That's right. The World Cup is taking over the first hour of the broadcast on Wednesday with Zach Bowden. And then on Friday... The World Cup is taking over the significant soundbite segment, and that will be featuring Lawrence Papaleo of Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson of Gilbo Realty. You could call him at 315-748-2524. That's 315-748-2524 to buy or sell your house, buy or sell your commercial property or land. If you want an honest person who's going to treat you right, right, work their butt off, do their research, and constantly be in contact with you to help you make the best decision that you could possibly make to the best of his ability which I don't know why you'd say no to any of those things. You call 
2524 to talk to my guy, Lawrence Papaleo, who will be talking with us tomorrow about the World Cup as a former professional soccer player. And in the second hour of the show, you know what we do, Collectible Corner on video and audio. You can continue to listen to us right here on MixLR.com backslash DT during the Collectible Corner hour of the show. And also on top of that, you can watch us on Facebook Live, facebook.com backslash dan.tortora21. So check us out there, live video and live audio for Collectible Corner as we show you some awesome cards and we get into the sports world by going through the world of sports hobby collecting. Can't wait for that with John Newman and Newman Sports Cards. In the meantime, have yourselves a phenomenal day. God bless you here, there, and everywhere. Enjoy the summer solstice and be good to one another. Buy your tickets now to the CNY Pop Festival. You hear the commercial all the way through this broadcast. It is $15 for an adult presale, $10 for a child presale, five and under are free. You'd be crazy not to buy your tickets. The VIPs are only 30 bucks and tickets are only available online. So to all of you who have told me that you're coming or you're interested in coming and you want to come to the show, waiting is not going to make it any better. Because as you wait, more tickets get sold. So buy your tickets now. CNYPopFestival.com. God bless you all. Have a phenomenal day. And I'll talk with you tomorrow morning.